Raptors are back at full strength. The Warriors highlight the year that was, and Kobe Bryant looms large in the year to come. For Holly McKenzie, I'm Eric Corrine, and this is The Post Up. The Toronto Raptors are 19 and 13, about a half. I mean, I haven't looked at the standings in the last hour. So I think last I checked, they were about a half game out of second and about a half game out of missing the playoffs. The Eastern Conference is still weird as hell. Uh, I, I th- you know, you would have, Holly, you would have figured there'd be some separation by now. Like yeah, a little bit of separation. Uh, we're going to go into 2016 without any answers. Kind yeah. of appropriate. Yes, very appropriate. A um, bit of a different format today on the post up. We're going to discuss sort of the week that was. Uh, and it's been an interesting week for the Raptors, but we're, we're going to look back more than that. Look, this is the last post up of. 2015 we're gonna where sort has of, the year gone yeah well, i many places um <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna do sort of a 20 25 minute long high low year in review thing i did not have enough time to come up with a catchier name than that <laughs> but don't worry the good news is the high low or the review will still be about basketball and not not our own personal high lows of the year, because that you probably wouldn't want to listen to. Well, maybe they would. But it's been a weird. Well, I'm, maybe. I'm pretty self-involved. We do so like <laughs> disasters. This year has been a weird year. Lots has happened. <laughs> um, but on a basketball front, sort of a, a nice year, an interesting year. Uh, like it, it feels like it's been an amazing yeah, year. Yeah, Golden yeah. State sort of winning. But we need and, to- Pause that, Eric. Yeah. We're getting ahead of ourselves. We need to talk about the Raptors. All right. And then do we, we really have right to into. talk about them? Yes. We do. Yes. Um, there was a disappointing loss in Chicago. Very disappointing loss. Uh, on Monday night? There you go. Monday night, yes. Uh, and that was following up a surprising and impressive, I think it was impressive, uh, comeback win um, in Milwaukee on Saturday night that was fueled by a super strong uh, bench performance. Uh, Damari Carroll made the return in Saturday's game. He came off the bench in that game, and then he returned to the starting lineup against the Bulls. Also against the Bulls was the return of Jonas Valanciunas. From, he missed 17 games with yep. a fracture in his fourth metacarpal. I, very, like I can never remember this. Uh, it's very good. Uh, well, I had to check it last night, so, mm-hmm. you know. Anyway, he returned. He, like Damari Carroll, he uh, came off the bench in his first game back. Um, so that's what happened, or that's the that's the recap, but why don't you tell us more about what happened against the Bulls? Uh, well, as good as the bench was on Saturday <laughs> night, it was sort of that bad on Monday night, uh, yeah. which was a weird thing, and, and it's it's not... I mean, I wouldn't get too concerned. There are some sort of uh, dispiriting trends uh, with the continued slump of Patrick Patterson, the, mm-hmm. you know, sort of the three-week swoon that Corey Joseph is having. Um, but they were so good on, on and so solid defensively, especially on Saturday, that I wouldn't be too concerned about that. What I would be concerned about is sort of that sustained run that the five man mm-hmm. bench unit got. I like, I don't, uh, 
I don't. That, I it works so well. I didn't like yeah, that so it, much. It worked so well last year, uh, but it's just not the same group this year. There's just not enough offense. Yeah, I'm not generally a fan of sitting the two best or three best players on the team at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of teams do that, particularly at the start of the fourth quarters. A lot of teams do that. It always makes me a little bit nervous, particularly when you're not dealing with a large lead or if you're playing against a team that's not terrible or prone to just imploding. <laughs> um, I didn't expect the, that unit to get as much time together as they did in that in that second quarter. Um, the Corey Joseph thing is a little confusing. Confusing might be the wrong word. Perplexing might be a better word. I know that he had been dealing with, um, an an illness. An upper respiratory infection. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, not (laughs) cold. They actually actually haven't called it that. I just like calling colds an upper respiratory Well, it was a cold, right? Like it was some sort of, some sort of. Some sort of virus. Type thing. Yeah. Yeah. So that. That probably explains Dwayne Casey some of it, mentioned uh, lung crud too at ugh, one point. <laughs> yeah, that's a great. That's a great. We should we should have ranked some of Dwayne's um, medical diagnoses. I always get excited when he says bugaboo. That's yeah. still a favorite of mine. It's because you're a big Destiny's Child fan. It reminds right? me of Destiny's Child and the video uh, which starred Kobe Bryant. Did it? It did. Oh wow! No one knows that. Forgot about that. I mean, I, that I'm sure I, doing music. I'm sure K O B E. Uh, I'm sure at one point I knew that, but uh, yeah, no longer. It's I remember gone. the Brian McKnight song, and I'm forgetting the, I'm forgetting the line, but the, it was really ridiculous. I remember that. Anyway, uh, the thing that, that like surprised me the most about that bench unit um, against the Bulls was. Offensively, I don't really expect them to put a lot of numbers on on the on the uh, scoreboard. I'm yeah. like missing words right now. It's kind of weird. Uh, but defensively, they were really bad, and that was not. I didn't expect that. Yeah, and I think uh, I asked Wayne Casey about this uh, today or on Tuesday, uh, as the podcast lingo goes. Um, about how much of that had to do with Jonas Valanciunas, who was mm-hmm. playing a lot of those minutes and won't be in the bench for long, we assume, uh, or on the bench for long, in the bench unit for long. Um, how much of it was the Raptors getting sort of used to how he tends to hang back and pick and rolls, uh, and how much was just on-ball, uh, you know, errors? And, and he sort of, it was a typical, I, I mean, it was a bit of everything, he basically said. The bigs hanging back too much, uh, them losing control off the ball, especially when Aaron Brooks had it, and the weak side collapsing um, far too much as well. Uh, but it did, you know, when when Aaron Brooks and Pau Gasol were doing that, or Derek Rose and, and Pau Gasol were, were sort of in the pick and roll, it really looked like Jonas was a step slow, which is probably to be expected said, at this stage. After the game last night, he did say, like, it's one thing to feel good conditioning-wise, you know, at the beginning of the game, but then once guys start coming at you 100 miles an hour, it feels totally different. Yeah. So some of that, yeah. Yeah, and uh, it is, it's an adjustment for everybody. I mean, he's not as mobile as Bismack Biombo, uh, and that's okay. He, you know, I don't think, I, I'm not really going to confront any serious argument that the Raptors are better without Valanchunas. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all of the numbers speak to the contrary. Uh but they haven't played with them for over a month now, and they're going right. to have to get used to each other. And 
they might take a bit of a defensive hit, but what he gives you on the other end is certainly more than makes up for it. Yeah, I think anytime you have the lineup changes, you it can take a couple days or a couple games to get readjusted, and even not just the not just looking at that bench unit, but uh, even Damari Carroll coming back into the starting lineup, it sort of shifts the minutes around. I'm curious to see if Terrence Ross is going to be able to. He didn't have a great game against the old Terry Bulls. Not that anyone really did yeah. on the bench, yeah. uh, but I'm curious to see if Terrence is going to be able to continue uh, contributing the way he has this past month because he's had a good month of December and again with Corey um, I think that an illness or being sick can definitely explain some of that but I'm curious to see how he's feeling after a couple days and you know being back in Toronto and all of that kind of stuff uh, yeah feels like the team's been away for a while now they're going to be home for three games and mm-hmm. then they are certainly going to be away for a while like two weeks or two and a half weeks or something with that London trip thrown in there. Yeah. Then they're home for like two and a half <laughs> weeks or whatever. It's, as we've said before, and we'll say again, weird schedule this year. And then I think there's another seven, six game homestand. I think later in March, maybe. There's there, Well, there's seven games in March, but I think to close January, there's six. No, that's games. what I'm saying. Yeah, it's a seven game homestand. Yeah. They play every other day for 14 days, basically. Yes. Eric has that circled on his calendar. You can hear the excitement in his voice. Yeah, it's just on my calendar. That's just happy face, happy face, happy (laughs) face, happy face, happy face, uh, etc. Anyway, enough about the Raptors. We can talk about them next week. Um, What you're excited for, I can tell. I'm very. You were very much into the whole yearly recap. Yeah, when we were doing the, we do do preparation for their post-up even though it might not seem like it sometimes when I was doing the rundown all of my ideas were sort of let's talk about last year or let's talk about next year uh I'm feeling very seasonal I suppose can one feel seasonal Mm, yeah well I think yeah I'm feeling of the season of the season uh I'm feeling sort of weird uh for the second week in a row because I'm not there with you we're doing this by phone and as much as I'm loving being in Nova Scotia with a ton of snow um, out of nowhere, it feels really weird to do this not in person. I don't know. Maybe maybe you are now used to it, but I still feel a little weird. Uh, yeah, it's not ideal. Um, <laughs> it's suboptimal. Suboptimal. But uh, listen, we all got to play through things. Do you know um, what was optimal? <laughs> that's a terrible segue. <laughs> was Stephen Curry and Draymond Green and the Warriors. Yeah, they, they were good in 2015. They were <laughs> good. They were champions. They yeah. were amazing and incredible. And then the start they had to this season, I honestly think that my highlight, oh my gosh, I forgot to put this on my list. Uh, maybe my second favorite moment, no, maybe my first favorite moment of last year was after the Warriors. This past and, year, you mean this current year that's about to end. Yes. Yeah. Yes, sorry. I always think of the year Live in the running now. from September yeah. until August because of the seasons, sort of. Like, the NBA season is sort of like... I hear what you're saying. Even though the official like, start of the NBA season is July 1st. Yeah, but you know what I mean. I know anyway. what you mean. I'm just, you know, for it to go by the guide. Okay, okay, okay. Let's, my, get, let's, get, let's get hung up on this, I said. <laughs> maybe my highlight was after the Warriors won... And there's a video, uh, Zach Harper, I think he took the video, I think multiple people took videos, but I remember Zach Harper tweeted it, Zach Harper from CBS, of Draymond finding his mom in the crowd of 
families and people and everything's happening and they're celebrating and the crowd's chanting warriors and he screams they told me i couldn't play in this league ma they told me i couldn't play in this league and it's such an amazing moment it's amazing because you know draymond he was this guy that no one thought was going to be you know one of the most important players on the team that you know won the championship and he had had a really rough finals for the first the first bit of it um if you follow Draymond at all you know about his mom who's very active on Twitter and she's got her own personality and we won't hold that against her being active on Twitter (laughs) no she's incredible and it was just such a cool moment to get to see that because you know you're seeing these guys celebrate but then by the time they get to the podium often you know they're excited but usually it's still a little bit more reserved than than that and just to see that unfiltered moment with just so much pride and joy and it was really one of my favorite moments of the year yeah um we both share similar thoughts on Draymond Green uh i love players who really feel like they need to prove something every time on the court mm-hmm. even if it's uh, at some point, it becomes kind of invented for their own motivation. But it's fun to watch players give that much of a crap, you know? Like, you don't... The season is so long that sometimes you lose that sense of urgency. But when somebody plays with that sort of fire and quote-unquote chip on their shoulder, and, you know, I would usually put Kyle Lowry in, this, in the same field, uh, it, it really lends extra meaning to what can seem like a long season Um, and then to watch him sort of become not only one of the most important players in the Warriors but one of the most interesting and Mm -hmm. and sort of important for the direction of the game players in the league I would argue uh, has been you know unexpected and and even you know I would never say I I'll remember him more this year than I will Steph Curry, but it's not, it's not, you know, a huge gap between the two, just in terms of my own memories, I would say. And you can't have one without the other. Uh, maybe. You can, like, Steph Curry would exist and he'd be awesome, but you sort sure, of... Sure, he you, would be yeah. awesome, but I think that... He, yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dispute the importance of Draymond Green. Um, my favorite, I think, my favorite thing of 2015 uh, was it happened a few months before the Warriors, or, or six weeks or so before the Warriors eventually won the NBA championship. Uh, it was that Clippers Spurs series in the first round. Uh, as just, I mean. We thought the Western Conference would be ridiculous this season, and, and it hasn't happened, but it sure was last year. And you get a matchup between two teams who, at the time, both seemed like legitimate and like title threats, and I think they were. And, and this goes da- back to one of the lows that we mentioned. It was sort of disappointing to not see the Spurs get to, to play the Warriors at mm-hmm. some point, and I sort of hope we will see that next ra- April or May or, you know, into June. Um, but but that series was, you know, I, I think I remember the Celtics-Bulls pl- first-round series from what, 2009 or 2008. But in terms of level of play, uh, not necessarily level of drama at all times, but level of play, that was just such a beautiful series. And watching Chris Paul win it on a, on a last-second 
shot. Uh, you know, it wasn't the outcome I expected, but it was damned memorable. It felt so good to see him have that moment, too. Yeah. He's had such a rough postseason run that that was really cool. And then also to see him uh, with Tim Duncan after the game, that was really special, yeah. too. Because I think no matter who you are, who you root for, what you know, who these players grew up watching or, 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 or where they were, like, Duncan has been around for so long and has just been undeniably great that it's just cool to get to see him get talked about or 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 have appreciation shown toward him and yeah i was really sad that the spurs didn't get to see the warriors um but that was really cool yeah um and I think that plays into one of my lows. Uh, you had it as a high, Houston coming back. Huh. Uh, I, I sort of viewed that, you know, the Clippers losing in the second round to Houston as a bit of more of a disappointment for Los Angeles. Oh, it was uh, a huge disappointment. Yeah, like, it was so fun yeah. to watch. Uh, maybe you didn't see the comeback game. I feel like I was one of the only people that was watching that comeback game. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, I, I get, like, a you know, it's a game with a dramatic result, so it has two sides, uh, you know, the yin and the yang, et cetera. Uh, but, uh, you know, for the Clippers to blow that lead with James Harden, you know, playing very little role in that game, it's, you have to, you have to wonder what sort of lingering effects that has. And it's sort of, I didn't imagine after the Clippers beat the Spurs that they could, that that could really, they can lose the shine off of that accomplishment. And it is an accomplishment to beat the San Antonio Spurs in a seven-game series um, that quickly. But with the way the Houston series unfolded and then the way the summer unfolded, even though they're coming back mostly intact <laughs> after, you know, some some of the best off-court How did I drama. not have the DeAndre Jordan? Well, thing? where would you put that? Like, it's, it's sort of on a different plane than a I'm going to say it's a low because I felt so bad for Dallas. I really did. Like, ugh, what a what a mess. And now Dallas has been a high because they've been they've been overachieving to start the season. I would say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we are. talked about the the um, the Spurs not facing the Warriors. It also was disappointing that it ended up being the Warriors and, <laughs> and the Rockets as opposed to the Warriors and the Clippers. Yeah. That could have been fun. Well, yeah, they're just, because everybody, I, I think Howard Beck, I haven't read this story yet, but he wrote a, a long feature of Bleacher, Howard Beck of Bleacher Report on why everybody hates the Clippers. So the, in the NBA, so the Clippers meeting sort of the, the very confident Golden State Warriors would have been, uh, would have been fun. It would have been fun. Uh, in terms of a low, this is a Raptors-featured podcast. I still don't know if I've figured out what the hell happened against the Washington Wizards. Um, yeah, that was a low. Yeah, I, like <laughs> especially Game Four, um, and, and you knew it was over at that point. And but you didn't uh, but, want it. Yeah, to like Kyle Lowry sort of getting in did. foul trouble and and combusting a bit, and, and them just getting run off the floor. Uh, yeah, it's it's almost surprising. Like you know, Messiah Jerry did alter the roster, uh, and it's almost surprising that there was there weren't more alterations given how uh, how emphatic that loss was. Uh, which isn't to say I'm not, you know, I put my ca- my current state of thinking about the Raptors as cautiously optimistic, 
uh, I think they are probably a bit better situated uh, and built to have success in the upcoming playoffs than they were last year, which isn't to say it'll happen. But, man, was that, you know, I can really understand the skepticism of, of people who cannot buy into, you know, all of the meaningful wins this team has had this year because that was... You it know, was it was damning. It was damning. Kind of like every everybody <laughs> sure. who was prominently involved was that was more than a pockmark, you know. You uh, know what was fun from last year, just to go back to something happy. Sure. Was Russell Westbrook. It's a very it's a very surprising thing that you're bringing up I know, Russell Westbrook. I know. I originally had On Russell, uh, Russell's All-Star uh weekend MVP yeah. listed, but really just Russell Westbrook in general. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to expand on that? I mean, I've done it so many times <laughs> before. He's just incredible. He's incredible with Durant. He's even more incredible without Durant. I, I don't want to say that. That's wrong. But he's just incredible. Yeah. Like, he's just... I think you got a chance to see some more of what he could do when he had to do it when, when Durant was out. But last year, this year, every year, every day, every game, every season, uh, Westbrook is just a thrill. Yeah, uh... He's just, I think I've I've used this word so many times, uh, I feel like a self-parody, but like he's one of the more viscerally uh, thrilling players that I can remember watching. Uh, Just, and it goes back to what we've just said about Draymond Green and Kyle Lowry, but possibly to the nth degree, like he just does not hold up ever. Uh, And that is hard to pull off over 82 games or whatever. But you know you're not going to get cheated by that dude, wh- whether you agree with the process all the time or not. Uh, and, you know, he can veer between in control and out of control, just like the rest of us. Um, but he's he is amazing to watch on a night-in and night-out basis. And I think for those of us who watch too much basketball, that <laughs> is appreciated, you know? Speaking of the process, <laughs> oh, yes. set me up there pretty yeah. well. Thanks for that. Uh, the Sixers were or have been a low. Can you imagine low. imagine covering that team? I don't. I, I I've thought about this. I've thought about covering them, and I've thought about the like the players on the team, yeah. and, and also the coaching staff. And I'm not sure how. Like, there has to be a mindset where. I know it's such a cliche thing to say one day at a time, but, like, you really do have to think about that. And after they won against the the Suns, which they are now their own low <laughs> in the aftermath of that, um, after after that game they won and, and Brett Brown said, you know, it feels like we're 1-0 after this victory. And I think you almost sort of have to – approach it like that if you if you are a member of the of the Sixers uh if you're covering that team it definitely would be tough you'd have to tell yeah. stories yeah uh, fi- find out stories as that, and that's to, a that's the thing like they're these players the are coming yeah <laughs> the players are coming so far out of nowhere uh that there are some good stories mm-hmm. there but it's hard to find the meaning in them uh in the context that we are familiar with. It's just so different than than what the normal in-season ups and downs are. And yet, sure. arguably, they were not the biggest train wreck of the year. Like, maybe Sacramento gets that title? 
maybe. <laughs> Sacramento, yeah. Like the, just a consistent mess, but then, you know, hiring George Carl and almost firing him. and Snakes in the grass. Uh, <laughs> Uh, snakes in the grass forever Um, and it just seems like nobody for the last decade can make that franchise like not even it's not even about being respectable respectable they just never make sense and and like it's like they can't get a management structure in place or they can't get like a, a coaching staff consistently in place and know how to you know work just like a quasi-functioning <laughs> NBA franchise, and like maybe 2016 is the year, but I, I, I really, I don't see the George Carl Sacramento Sacramento Kings marriage ending well. Demarcus Cousins got ejected uh, from the game from their game against the Warriors on Monday night. Uh, it happened shortly after he tried to help Rajon Rondo up by grabbing his foot as opposed to his hand, which was really interesting and funny in its own way. But at, shortly after that, he got uh, called for two technicals, and he sort of went at the official, and Rudy Gay pulled him away. And yeah, anyway, he he had some words, or he was about to have some words before Rudy sort of sort of took him away. And the whole time it was happening, George Carl just kind of had like a smile on his face like just watching it happen and i just thought what a weird situation that is i mean they they've won some games and and they've had some ups and some downs but like from the outside they seem to now be you know saying everything's okay but what a weird season yeah. <laughs> it's got to be uh behind the scenes in yeah. sacramento uh before we say goodbye for this week and this year uh what is your biggest wish, basketball wish, for 2016, Holly? Uh, I know we, we did not even discuss doing this. But we did not. Yeah. I okay. Wish well, health. let me. I want people let, to stay healthy. Yeah. Anybody in particular? Just everybody? Everybody, but I want Kobe to be able to finish out his season. Yeah. Uh, are there any of his uh, like final trips that you're. Especially. I think it's in? really interesting that they're going to Boston this week, and his wife and daughters are going and I forget who it was that I saw this tweet from it might have been Serena Winters who said that his daughters have never been to Boston which I thought was kind of interesting and kind of cool just because you know the history there and and the finals and everything I thought that was that was pretty cool and I think it's pretty cool how he's trying really hard to play in every arena that he's only in you know for the last time and I hope he gets to play in the 82nd game and then go from there. My wish is also health-related. Um, I want Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook to both stay healthy, and I want that team to sort of add themselves to the conversation with the Warriors and the Spurs. Because um, I That's think, like, wish. I've been... You know, there was a while there where I kept picking them to win the title, and you still think that given, like, their... You know, these are two of the five or seven or eight mm-hmm. best players in the league. They should be able to crack that code at some point. And before we devolve into the Durant free agency madness, I'd love to see them be able to, like, even though the record's fine, look a bit more cohesive and, and a bit more like a normally, or, or a team that can function well enough to to 
give either of those teams a, a seven-game series. And I'm not sure I see it in the first two months of the season. They still seem a little disjointed, and I think that has to do with the supporting cast. Uh, they just have a lot of one-way players. New uh, coach, and, you know. Yeah, but like even with the old coach, they didn't, you know, always appear to be a cohesive unit. And, and I wonder if you can really do that with Ennis Cantor and, and Dion Waiters mm-hmm. uh, and, and you know, uh, and other options like Andre Roberson, who, you know, is a great defender but can't really shoot, if you can build that sort of framework to really be able to compete with San Antonio and Golden State just because those teams have it so figured out and know exactly who they are. And, you know, we saw... LeBron give it his all and 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 take two that games off of yeah LeBron's yeah entire uh, and take two games off the Warriors and if they're healthy this year they definitely have as good a chance as anybody not named the Warriors to win the title. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean they definitely they would be my second choice right now I think um, in order uh, in terms of predicting who's going to win the title. But I would like to see, you know, Durant and Westbrook really have another crack at, at doing that. And I'm, I'm just not sure if I see it so far. Uh, so I hope they get it together in 2016. I hope they get it together, too. I yeah. also hope that the East sort of figures itself out a little bit. So it's not, oh, one game from second, one game from missing the playoffs. Yeah. That's a little bit stressful. Yeah. Could you imagine if it were like that at April uh, 15th No, I can't. Because like that's April very stressful even thinking about it. And yeah. I, I aim for 2016 to be lots of happy times and highs and less stress. So yeah. I would like for that to resolve itself. On that note, uh, thanks to everybody who listens every week or some weeks. Uh, we hope <laughs> any weeks. Yeah, any weeks. We hope you, everybody's having an awesome holiday season. Uh, had a good Christmas if they were celebrating it, and have a safe and happy New Year's. Uh, if you would like to rate or review us on iTunes, that would be neat. Um, but most importantly, everybody be safe on New Year's. Don't do anything stu- or too stupid. Do something like <laughs> a bit stupid. It's good to be a bit stupid sometimes. Uh, controversial take. And we'll talk to you again. In, in 2016. Yes. Uh, until then, for Holly McKenzie, I'm Eric Corrine. Thanks for listening. <laughs>